What's up, guys? We're back. Uh, another day in paradise, as, as my co-worker likes to say. Um, we are the High Street Freaks, and we're here to discuss. It's, it's a it's a premium edition, but it's free week, right? So it, d- does that qualify for, for a premium edition? Or are we calling it a premium edition? I don't know. But we're here to talk about Michigan State. We're here to break down a... Uh, Break down the game, um, and for all you freeloaders, this is this is a a premium edition of the podcast that you've come to love to know. So uh, we're here. Um, I'm here with Ryan and DJ. We run a website together, and we talk about the Bucks together. So how you guys doing? Good. What's that website again, real quick? It, it, it is meetatmidfield.com. Okay. And you can yeah, subscribe at ten percent off an extra too. Yeah, you can. If you're you can. a little freeloading pervert who has not shame <laughs> at the shame of your, your you know the dishonor you brought upon your family by not paying us money for our football coverage. You haven't committed seppuku ritually yet as a result of the the dishonor you bring. Um, you are allowed through the website get ten percent off uh, and come bark with the freaks. Uh, we get some special stuff cooking this week too in the next few weeks, so you guys are not going to miss out. Now's the time catch us on the come up. You know you don't want to you don't want to buy high. You want to buy low. Uh, and watch the stock rise. Yeah, yeah. This will uh, hopefully be one of our, our our last podcasts without music too. So we'll, <laughs> we're we're on the rise. We are on the rise. I think we've been saying that for like two weeks, but for real this time. Something. Yeah, and we, I'll we, just we, say this much: I'm not going to be a Hollywood screenwriter anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of us will. But uh, we're, we're we're cooking. But um, you know who's not cooking? Michigan State. Ooh, I think what a transition. This guy's a, I, you know, I've, I've been working on it. I've been working on it. I've been working on it. I, I think you, I'm paid the big bucks to, to be a producer here. And you know, that sometimes that means just nailing those transitions. So, but I mean, like to, to get into the game right off the bat, this, this like could not be a worse stretch or start for this Michigan state team. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm tossing around a, a take that I'm, I'm tossing around. Is this the worst team in the Big Ten? Man, okay. I, I don't think so. I think there's a four-team race for the worst team in the Big Ten, and they're not part of it, if I'm being honest. I think, like, uh, Rutgers, Indiana, Nebraska, and Northwestern are so bad that it's hard to put Michigan State in that group. But they're trying. They're certainly so, trying to get to that level. So my thing is, like, I saw what I'm, what I'm getting at is um, my my old coworker Griffin Strom at Eleven Warriors. Heard of him. He had a tweet. He had a tweet earlier this week that basically broke down that Michigan State is not good at anything, and we've talked about this before. And so his tweet, as he as he points out, on offense, scoring offense, eleventh in the Big Ten, rushing offense, twelfth, passing offense, ninth, total offense, twelfth. Scoring defense, 10th. Rushing defense, 10th. Passing defense, 13th. Total defense, 12th. So they're in like the bottom, like the, the like bottom 20%, 20 to 10% in everything. And I, I haven't actually run the numbers, but like that just doesn't seem, you know, sustainable in any capacity. And so like I, my, my, my thing is like I have a hunch that every team at least has like something that they're kind of good at. Like Rutgers had their defense, whatever, but like Michigan state is not good at anything. The it's defense true. is the most shocking part. Uh, you watch like, they don't even know what the hell they're doing. It's truly crazy. Like how, how far they've regressed the defense in the last like five years. But I mean, 
Like, even last year, right, they were a terrible pass defense team. They could defend the run a little bit. They, that's falling apart now, too. They can't stop anybody on the ground. I mean, they're terrible. Yeah, I, I think that, like, the the pass defense and the rush defense is just mind-boggling. Like, no, nothing they seem to be doing is anything close to, I don't know, what, what we've come to expect from from a Michigan State team, really. Um, I, I think, like, when you stereotypically, I mean, to be fair, uh, Mel Tucker has done nothing to earn this reputation, but when you stereotypically think of a Michigan State team, you think of, like, a defensive Hard heavy, like... nose, lunch pail. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, all, all of the, all of the, uh... Juggalos. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, like, it, it's a team that's, like, hard to move the ball, hard to score, like at the very least, they're going to shut you down on the outside. And it's like, you look at this defense, like they're 13th in the big 10 in passing defense, like 13th. They're like almost dead last. I don't know who is dead last, but like, that's ridiculous. You know, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's probably Nebraska, right? It's gotta be. That would be my pick. (laughs) It has to be. Sorry. Keep going. But but like, I don't know. It's just crazy how quickly this team has fallen off too, because like, you even had this team coming with some swagger with like Mel Tucker. And I mean, he got paid a lot of money for, for what, you know, what, what he did to this program kind of immediately. And then just like the night and day switched this year, like the, I, I don't think that they're the worst team in the big 10 to be clear, but like yeah. the fact that you can like recite all those stats and like, it's even remotely a conversation is hilarious considering where they were, you know, last year. And then previously. Well, here's the problem I, I think is that like, they basically, they saw last year with the transfer portal really hit for them, right? They saw get Kenneth Walker, a real Heisman contender, uh, a lot of other contributors out of the portal. And it worked really, really well. Like they won 10 games. They beat Michigan. Like it was an awesome season. You can't take that away from that no matter what. Right. But they read that and thought they were going to do with Ju- with, sorry, with transfer portal football, what Bill Snyder did with Juco and just get reliable guys every year with eight or 10 games a year and be the consistent program year in, year out. And, like the reality is it's one, it's not that era anymore Two, You cannot win off the transfer portal consistently. It is a random draw. Like it's a random, it's luck of the draw, man. Like guys are almost never leaving their team uh, because they're like, they're pissed off. They have academic problems. Right. They're gone because like they were the second best guy at the position. Like they weren't going to start right. that you're getting a bunch of second best players for their teams. And sometimes it turns out you get a gem. And sometimes a guy enters the portal because he's pissed off at his team. It's pretty rare. You are mostly getting second rate players and try to build a first-rate team out of them. It's not going to work. And, like, you know, Bill Snyder, a bunch of guys who couldn't make it academically back in the day, back when teams didn't have academic support for their players and they had to go to junior college, that era doesn't exist anymore. You're not getting any guys who washed out of squad to go Juco. Those guys do not exist right now. Like, (laughs) the whole Bill Tucker thing is just, like, playing roulette, and it's not going to work every time. And the thing is, like, with your your take there, like, the – that is like possible. There are players out there that you can sign and like instantly make your program better. But Michigan State isn't going to get any of those guys. Like those are the guys that Alabama perennially signs. Ohio State's getting them. USC is getting them. Like those guys are getting eaten already. So you're absolutely right. Like the guys that they're getting and they're, you know, hoping to build their program around are just guys that are like the second best players or third best players on their team. And like the problem is if you're trying to, do that and then compete with Michigan and Ohio state and Penn state. Like the guys that you're getting are the guys that are at best, the guys that are leaving those programs. So like, I, you're absolutely right that it's not sustainable. And I just wonder how long they're going to kind of play that roulette wheel before they figure it out. Yeah. 
hundred percent. Um, man, I don't know. Like to me, I, I guess I wonder if they ever tell about soccer. Hey, dude, you got to start recruiting too. Like you got to start developing some players because it's just. <laughs> I mean, well, wouldn't you, from a philosophical standpoint, because it, it seems like if you're going that way, it's just a minute we can't develop shit, and it would piss off the guy. After a while, it would kind of just piss off the guys that are there. Hundred percent, and and of course, like. The transfer portal thing, like the way Saban uses it as a booster to an already talented roster can work. It's actually the correct way to use it. A lot of teams are doing that. They should be doing it aggressively. But like trying to build it wholesale from the portal is fucking nuts, man. Like you're not going to get many program guys. Like there's like their recruiting class. I don't double check their recruiting class rankings, but I think they were all right. Um, I don't know. Let's also, like, really like while you're looking at that, like Michigan State in the past has recruited fine. You know, like it's not a, it's not a terrible program. Like I feel like guy or teams like FAU, like Lane Kiffin, when he was at FAU, like those group of five teams, those are the guys that need to be spinning the roulette wheel and trying to, you know, create magic once or, you know, twice a decade and not Michigan state. Like there are guys that you can go out and find like the guys that Ohio state isn't signing, um, go beat Cincinnati for them. And, that, that, was, know, that used to be their bread and butter. The Ohio yeah. guys that got snubbed. Man, they finished 23rd last year uh, in the country, right in between Arizona and South Carolina. Brother, that is not a championship roster. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is not what you want to see. They were behind Stanford and Mizzou. Um, just not a... Uh, since they did in 2021, so I'm going to check on that. They were fourth in the Big Ten, which is pretty good. It's about what you expect them to be, but, like, got to be better than, you know, 23rd now. Should be doing that. They finished... Uh, Mel Tucker's first recruiting class. They finished 46th behind Cincinnati. Yeah, and that, that's just not, like... You've got to win those guys. You've got to win the guys that Ohio State and Michigan aren't going for. And in a perfect world, you should be recruiting against Michigan. You know, if Michigan's going out of state to get these guys from these three-star guys from like Massachusetts or something like that, just like those are battles that you absolutely should be winning. Like you should be able to recruit against Michigan. And they were for a while, right? Like yep. that era, they were getting guys that like they got a same Julian. Like there are a few places I remember who top 100 players like Julian Barnett and Devonte Dobbs, who did end up being like that good of players, unfortunately. But like. There are top 100 recruits that you were playing against Michigan for, and you won. Like, and they're just in classes I covered, is what I recall. Right, and that and that's momentum too. Like even if those kids don't necessarily hit, like you're gonna get because of that, you're gonna get some recruiting momentum and stuff like that. So I I don't think that I think that plays into it. So um, yeah. I, I guess all this That'd to say is like I, I guess all this to say is like is is Mel Tucker at this point just stealing from Michigan State? And he's like, he's no, seen, I'll he's actually seen, go ahead. He seems like a guy that like is in love with being like just likes is in love with being a coach all like the fame all like the swag all the nice stuff that like all the perks that come with it he seems like a guy that like loves that but when it's actually time to like put down the work i mean what does he have to show you know like to me like the program has become i remember last year i went to my first ohio state game in a decade since the prior fumble against penn state uh, the game was over, like, in the first quarter. And then I checked Twitter after the game, and, like, Mel Tucker is, like, strutting <laughs> in front of his team. You know, they're doing social media posts, talking about how the dogs are here and stuff. And they just got clobbered. <laughs> like, it's just all hat and no cattle. I tend to agree, man. Like. I mean, but here's the thing is, like, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think he's personally overrated as a coach. I'm not impressed by him. He's a career 20 and 17 record as a head coach. going to be 2018 after this week. He's not anything special, but at the same time, if you're Michigan State and you're you're doing what they dealt with, right, which is like the tumult after Mark Antonio of like not having like that program like had some real off-field issues, right? And they kind of had to get right, and, and like 
investing in a coach that can win 11 games, get you to a New Year's Six Bowl you in a top 10 finish, you think can do that again. I get why you make that risk, right? You got to spend money at a certain point. The money in the Big Ten is fucking immaterial. Like, who cares? We're making so much yeah. money now that what's $95 million in two years? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, the length of the contract is very stupid. The money, I get why. Like, especially if you thought LSU was going to hire them. Like, it sets you back so far as a program when you're in one of the top two conferences for another team, and you're supposed to be in the upper tier of that conference, for another team in the upper tier of the other conference to come in and just take your coach from you, that's embarrassing. Like, that's an embarrassing blow to the program. I get why you spent the money. It looks like it was probably a mistake. I think it's probably not going to end up being anything special there. But, like, I don't know. I get why you do it. I get the decision they made at the time. I think that's probably a little over-aggressive, but you also, their hand was forced by LSU, allegedly. And, like, that's fine, but, like, I think the timing of it was just hilarious too, because they were undefeated. They were coming up like an, an emotional high, whatever. And I think if I remember correctly, it was announced like literally the week before. Uh, it was, it was announced right up before they got their ass beat 56 to seven at Ohio stadium. It was so perfect. And I think like the, the thing was, it was getting clowned immediately. Like there wasn't a single person on Twitter that was like, this is a great move, you know, like not a single person. And so for like them to get clowned the entire week going into that game and then them immediately lose 56 to seven or whatever the final score was like, it could not have been worse. And I just like, I don't think that they've like been the same, honestly, like since that they haven't had like that swag, they haven't had that juice since that loss. Yeah, man. I mean, they, they got absolutely fucking shelled, right? It was, it was, it was embarrassing for them. Uh, I guess they did go out and win a Peach Bowl. So that's something. Who they who they play in that game? They played a uh, Pit. They played Pit, right? Oh uh, God, yeah. But without Kenny Pickett. So, yeah, and then Pat Narduzzi this year was saying that uh, was so funny. He was, he was saying he was unimpressed by the Big Ten or whatever after he got his ass beat by Michigan State. Like he he said he said that if Kenny Pickett plays in that game or who was their backup quarterback, you should know this. Uh, their backup he was quarterback hurt last year was Nick Patty, I think. Yeah, so so he was hurt too, and so they were down to their third string, which, to be fair, is a big deal. But he was saying if Kenny Pickett, Pickett or Patty play that game, they win by two scores at least. Like that was yeah. his quote. He lost to Western Michigan at home, brother. Like right, <laughs> <laughs> right. I hate like, Connor Doozy. Yeah. If, if you get clowned on by Michigan State after what Ohio State did to him, like come on, you, you just you got to take that L and move on. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, so. No, but like basically, I think Mel Tucker is like it's fun to make fun of him, especially the NF Tuck thing. You guys saw his NFT series. Oh uh, yeah, and then he gets up there and he's like, "I don't know what it is." It's like, well, you got your people out there hawking NF Tuck, NF Tuck. So I hope you, you know, learn your lesson, man. Uh, so I definitely love making fun of him. I hundred percent get that. Uh, but like, uh, who knows? It's it, I get why they did it. I wouldn't do it if I if I had ninety five ninety five million dollars to burn. I probably wouldn't do it on Mel Tucker. Uh, I'd probably try to get a better coach, but I can't. <laughs> like who's buying like a like who's it for? Who is buying a, a Mel Tucker NFT? Especially when I mean the scam is known. It's, it's not it's boosters, not January right? anymore. It's just for boosters, I think. Uh, like as a way to give him more money, I, I'd assume. I don't know. Uh, um, if, if anyone gives me a chance to make fun of crypto, I'm taking it. Especially especially. If they're a coach of, you know, going against the local team. Hey, you know what yeah. I won't make fun of? Uh, uh, home field apparel t-shirts. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> a, I'm proud of you. A wonderful, a wonderful t-shirt company. They make the best, the softest, the smoothest, uh, you know, college football, a collegiate vintage apparel in the country. 
Uh, and the great part is you can get 15% off your first order there with that meet at midfield code. I use that code meet at midfield, order some t-shirts. Um, and, and I believe they did tell us that they are currently, and again, they cannot sue us for saying this. It's hundred percent true uh, that they're encouraging everyone to go streak in their gear at college football games this Saturday. They're saying they'll pay your legal fees. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to have to do the Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and home field apparel um they do sell pants but they don't want you to wear those they want you to have your dick out um, <laughs> uh, they're encouraging that and again this is all non-actionable they cannot sue us for saying this it's just it's just a parody bro it's just a joke bro yeah. um and if you say non-actionable it's a famous thing where it's not actionable right that's, a, that's what my lawyer dj burns tells me uh <laughs> Yeah, and uh, currently DJ is actually, while we're on the podcast here, he is Winnie the Pooh, and we can all see his chest yeah. as he is wearing yeah. a little apparel t-shirt. He is wearing a UC Santa Cruz uh, banana slug uh, t-shirt right now. And we can see uh, his banana slug. <laughs> we can see his banana slug. Thanks, Kevin. So, all three. So yeah, if, if, if you want to see the image, yeah, go to... Only fans slash meet at midfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and something else we're gonna hawk really quick here before we get before we, before we finish previewing this game, uh, is that we are doing a playback stream on Saturday. The, the High Street Freaks boys, I, I, I know I'm doing it. I think you guys are on it too, right? Are, are, yeah. Uh, yeah. are streaming the Ohio State Michigan State game at 4 p.m. on Saturday. Um, so if you have a cable subscription uh, of any kind, <laughs> you can log in to uh, getplayback.com. Uh, slash something we'll, we'll post this on twitter uh and you can watch us uh cover we're essentially covering the game like you guys are going to hear us broadcast in the highest football game which i know many of you have been asking us to do for years you guys are foaming at the mouth to hear me dj and kevin get worked up about parker fleming special teams live on the air you're saying we don't hear your takes about maya williams being a tough guy often enough i want to hear you do it on the booth like in the broadcast booth and we're here to answer those prayers uh we're going to get mad about second string safety. We're going to get pissed off about the backup linebackers not tackling the right way. Uh, we're going to be forming opinions that we'll heal for years about, about third string wide receivers who are true freshmen that we'll never let go of. It's time to get down to work. Yeah, I, I, I could not have said it better myself. I just, we're, we're all very excited to get these takes out there. And, and like, just the thing is, when, when you hear our takes on the podcast, we've had time to like stew on, them. you know, like these oh, aren't yeah. just like emotional right off the bat. So like, if that tells you what kind of nutcase things we're going to say live, like, Oh, you know, I just, we, we, we cannot be held responsible legally for what we say. I've, I've been told that. So I, I think we'll be okay. I was on my other podcast flipping the field with uh, our pal, Patrick Mayhorn, one of our, our co uh, our, our workers there at meet at midfield. And uh, he was painting a scenario for me where Ohio State loses in a national title game against Alabama because Parker Fleming special teams like Muffa Pot or something. It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I could feel, I, right now I can feel it happening. My hackles are rising. The blood, <laughs> my blood pressure is going through the roof right now. Like I'm already getting angry just thinking about what I'll post if that happens in real life. Like I might actually storm the fucking uh, Woody, <laughs> uh, but that's the kind of stuff you'll get from us. If you see one Ohio State goes down seven nothing, we're getting ready to fire several coaches off the bat. Yeah, I mean we were we were on Saturday, you know, and Rutgers went went seven and oh man, that, that was I, the, the our board went with just like apple. Man, I'm sad I missed that. Of, of of as soon as Emika Abuka dropped that ball, like oh my man. god. 
I was out there in Hollywood with the freaks. So I was trying to get a t- I was trying to get uh, you know, undercover seeing what's going on over there in Hollywood, trying to get a trying to get a read on the situation. Yeah, just, just an, hang. An, early, an early scouting report from for a couple of years. Yeah, I yeah. feel that. You were you were sure. in deep in deep. We we thought that the mob got you. Man, not yet. Not yet. Uh, yeah. but I'm I'm still on the lamp, of course. Uh, that's why I record this podcast from an anonymous bunker. Uh, deep in the heartland will never find me um okay so we talked about michigan state's defense uh how about their offense you guys anything you, you like here from this team like anything you get looks impressive i dude how what, what the hell are they gonna do <laughs> like, it matter, right yeah. right like but I, i'm a, the line has me this is this is a vegas special bro because the line should be wet. You look at this game and you're thinking, I mean, it's going to be an Ohio State cakewalk. And yet, you know, I mean, what, 25 and a half? Like, I guess the thing is, the last two games where there were cakewalks, Rutgers and Wisconsin, they allowed kind of backdoor covers by not playing hard late. Yeah. And this, I mean, this is the first time they've gone on the road, which I feel like is like the longest home streak we've had in as long as I can remember. Like, we don't even have like a charity away game at like playing Navy in, yeah. in Maryland. This year. I think I saw your your good friend Kevin Noon write an article about this somewhere where he mentions about uh, <laughs> how long it's been since they did this. It's been a long time. I think the last time, last time they lost uh, like their road opener was like you know Miami, like you know twelve years ago, whatever, thirteen years ago. Um, this doesn't really happen for us. We don't really lose in the Big Ten on the road this early on. I'm gonna that's or, gonna or sound re- bad. Or really just like lose in the Big Ten period. Like that also just doesn't really happen. So yeah, it's I mean it's not. I'll tell you this: it's not gonna be Michigan State. The question is just like, do they cover or not, right? And like, yeah, I guess uh, I don't know. Is there anything you're looking to see Ohio State prove this week? Is there anything you guys haven't seen from the team you want you want to see from them? Honestly, like no. It, it sounds insane, but like it just feels like it feels like at this point. I'm not going to know anything new about this team until they play a team with a pulse, you know, like, yeah, I guess, I guess like Iowa in a couple weeks, like they've got a really strong defense and that'll be a fun test. They've got a really good secondary and stuff too. Like that could be fun, but like until they play a team that like could legitimately beat them on a great day, like the Penn States or the Michigans or something like that, like, I, I'm just, I feel like I'm, I'm blowout out, you know, like I'm, I'm all my blow blowouts are used up. It, it kind of feels like the 2019 season where it's like, well, the local team did it again. You know, let's talk about it. Like, that's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, if you want me to nitpick, which I'm happy to do. <laughs> Shocking. I, I'd like to see a little bit of the pass rush, get home a little more. Like they've been influencing the quarterback, but haven't really actually closed on sacks very well. Um, I like to see that happen. I'd like to see both you know, or, or, or I'd say all of the corners play a complete game. Like I'd like to see Jaden Reed not tear our ass up. That's what I want to see on, on Saturday. He yeah. is like the only good player on offense in Michigan. I think their, their running backs are all right. They have Jalen Berger and Jared Broussard who are fine. like the, like the 10th and 11th best running backs in the conference. Right. Like, but they're, they're both decent. Uh, Jaden Reed's the only player in this team. It's a difference maker. Well, the, and... the wild thing about receivers though, is like, no matter how good they are, like you still have to throw them the ball and that's right. been a problem for them. Yeah. Peyton Thorne's been terrible. Like horrific. I don't remember the last time a veteran quarterback like came back and just got this much worse. JT Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> Cardell. No. Yeah. Yeah. Card- Cardell Jones. Yeah. yeah that was, that uh, was uh, probably it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's really bizarre. He's just missing everything high too. Um, 
Yeah, not impressed by him at all. He's been really, really awful. Um, and it's, I and mean, he, was, he has he some was, weapons. He was definitely like above fine last year. Like he was approaching 100%. good. Yeah, yeah, I would say so too. And like he had some good receivers, like Naylor and Reed were good last year. But I mean, like he still has weapons this year. He's, he has a couple tight ends. They're decent. He's got he's got Reed again. Like his running backs are solid enough. Like it's just him. He's just missing throws. Yeah, that's um, that's the danger of like having your best players in the receiving game. Is like, oh, if you don't have a quarterback, like it, it doesn't matter at all. You know, like. If, you, yeah. if you've got if you've got something if you've got Spencer Peters back there like I, I don't know it just it it doesn't I mean, he's, it doesn't he's posting Graham Mertz numbers right now man he's he's averaging <laughs> six points six point nine yards an attempt eight touchdowns six picks that's uh, rough. yeah come on so I mean, what so would I, you what would you point to the future of this team like with the top what is Tucker doing well like I just I don't get how they're this bad. It truly is. It shouldn't be this way. No, it shouldn't, man. It definitely should not. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess there's a couple. Like, the running backs are back again next year. I guess it's just a good thing. Um, I, I like that young receiver they have, Keon Coleman. He's a good. He's a good receiver. Like, uh, I think. Uh, I don't know. Besides that, like, they. Ha- I guess they're not losing anybody from this team, really, which is a nice thing. They're not losing anybody, like. All their good contributors still have eligibility left, except for like Daniel Barker, their tight end. So that's something you can say they get better next year. But even then, that's what like an, if this team comes back and they're improving, yeah, right, like like, four team. Yeah. Like, I, I think the, the funniest part about this team is that like decidedly the best player is their punter. Like Bryce Berenger yeah. is like by far the best player on the team, and he's he's uh, I, I put it in the kegger this morning, but he is like leading the nation in uh, punter EPA. Which um, do you, do you want to explain EPA to to our listeners, Ryan? EPA is expected points added. It's basically by it's it's what a on a given play, uh, how much closer to scoring points does that does that play bring you? So uh, if you are converting a, a third and three with a five yard rush that to move inside the red zone, that's a fairly high EPA play. If you're getting seven yards on a first down on your own 22-yard line, it's a successful play, but that's just like a high EPA play. So it's like the guy who's basically, by winning them field position, by having excellent punts, is adding a lot of expected points to their kind of outcome. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So it's it's like... It's an analytics the, that it's you can yeah, test it on a game on paper call. Yeah, it's it's under it's under the the idea that not all stats and not all plays are created equal, and so like a a punt that like a punt that pins the opponent inside the five is going to be worth a lot more points than a fifty yard punt that gets them you know to the fifty yard line. So it's just a lot of it is is what what the individual play is worth. It's a really cool stat. Um, but I know it gets thrown around a lot probably by us and we don't really ever explain what it is, but all that to say is Bryce Berenger is leading the nation in EPA and Jesse Merko is actually second, just barely. Um, and I thought this was hilarious. Uh, the reason why he is second is because Ohio state's coverage team is not as good as Michigan state's coverage. God damn it. Parker (laughs) fucking Fleming. He is a white devil. So, so I, I think I think uh, it's gonna bite any... us. At, it's gonna bite us at the worst time, and Day's gonna deserve it. God, I'm already pissed. I can't talk about it. I'll get too. Pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought it was perfect that I'm reading. Like that is the reason. Like like Jesse Merko is is by all accounts is good or better a better punter, but it's because of the coverage team. Why 
um, Ohio, well, he is not number one. He, he is, his coverage team is slightly worse than Michigan State. So um, that's where we're at. I think that we're we're really talking about like the dual matchup, like the 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 duel that we're looking at in this game is not Ohio State's quarterback versus Michigan sec- Michigan State's secondary. It's not the running game versus their linebackers. It's punter on punter. Like that's that's what we're talking about here. I think think if Michigan State's going to win this game, they're going to out special teams Ohio State. So uh, how does that make you feel? Uh, obviously, you know, vicious. I feel like I'm, I'm feeling lethal when I hear those words. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm ready to go and deep cover under Ohio Stadium and just permanently compromise Ohio State special teams issue. Uh, yeah, I'm I, I, I'm, I'm, I think everyone would applaud you for that, too. Uh, frankly, I'd be a hero. Yeah. yeah so, uh, I mean, you know, they say, uh, I was listening, listening to a podcast there. They said, it's fascinating. It's back in World War II. It used to be you get the Medal of Honor uh, if you went out and killed enemy soldiers. And nowadays, you get the Medal of Honor if you save your own soldiers. And I think that's how we're looking at this, right? Like, it's not about, it's not about defeating the enemy. It's about, it's, about, <laughs> it's about saving our own Buckeye brothers in arms from the harm being run upon them by Parker Flamman. Yeah, that's very uh, fair. I mean, if, if, if we had a real special teams coach, would Emiko Buka have fumbled? People right. are saying probably not. What, and honestly, I think you guys deserve the Medal of Honor, too, for this podcast. I, I want to say that, too. I think what we've done is worthy of a medal. Uh, at least some kind of congressional medal, freedom, medal of honor, uh, yeah. silver well, star, purple heart. When something. when Joe Biden comes on the on the podcast during the off season, we don't we don't have time for him right now. He's, right. he's made numerous requests, but we're just like Joe, like we don't you know we, we don't have time. But when when yeah. he goes, he will present us with the medal. We got to talk to Patrick Mayhorn first. Yeah, yeah, that's true. How yeah. is that Delaware Blue Hands football team doing? Let's see what they got going on this season. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, well, you're looking. At, are, they, are, are they five and oh? Oh, oh wow. right now they haven't oh, wow. they haven't won a game by less than two touchdowns yet. The the one the one true. My hands have a program. <laughs> they do, they do, and and they have the iconic the true iconic wing helmets. That's right. So. Uh, they did beat Navy on the road as well. People forget that. Wow, that's crazy. So yeah, I'm proud of them. And proud famously, of them. Joe Biden also hates the Navy, which is which is huge. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, big big Navy hater. Um, that's that's been proven actually. So. Um, I proved it myself. That's right. Yeah, you can. You can I think, read the expose on meetupmidfield.com. I think. I think the last thing I wanted to talk about before we get into some questions uh, from our, our famed question box on the Meet at Midfield forum. Um, right. If you want to ask us questions, you you have to World pay famous. us. Pay, pay us, and then you have the right to to ask us questions. But um, I Colton Denning, we we mention him a lot on this show. It's because he's really good at pulling out the, the random yeah. things, random things that we care about. Friend of friend of the show. Um, he posted a video of uh, C.J. Stroud's. It was a, it was I think a 44-yard touchdown run run against Michigan State, and that was the like only play he had during the 2020 season. He did not attempt to pass. I think that was his only rushing attempt on the season, and it went 44 yards for a touchdown. And he has not run the ball since. Um, I I think that it's it's hilarious. I mentioned it in the Kager. He is the third straight quarterback that had like an incredible rushing highlight and then just never did it again. You had Dwayne Haskins against Michigan in uh, 2017. He had like a 22 yard run and everyone's like, ah, this, this guy is kind of a dual threat guy too. Like he's perfect, you know, substitute for JT Barrett. He, the next year he ran like C3PO. And then you had Justin Fields who like by all accounts is a great runner. 
Um, his first carry was like a 51 yard touchdown and he just like rarely ran after that. And now you have CJ Stroud who did kind of the same thing and, you know, it kind of showed off his legs and people were thinking, Oh, this is another guy. He's really going to bring this versatility to the offense. And then it just never came. So like, what's the deal with this? Do you think at this point, like it's gotta be Ryan day, just like putting a unilateral decision out there that like these guys should not run the ball. Or is it just like every single one of these guys independently decided, no, I'm, I'm making a business decision to never tuck it down. Man. I, I don't know. I think like, I think Justin Fields obviously had some impact with his legs. I don't know if he wanted to see, but had some. I think Dwayne couldn't run like at a certain level. Guys, we saw him try a couple times. Looked like C three P. Yeah, it was it was wild. CJ is just choosing not to. I think that's that's the he's just probably made the he's probably made the decision that like I guess here's the thing. Maybe it's directed from day, but there is some legitimacy to saying there's no team on the schedule except Penn State or Michigan that could beat us until we get to the playoff. So we should only ever run against those two teams. By the time you get to play those two teams, he's so used to not running that it's automatic to not run then either. And then by that time he gets to the playoff, it's like, well, he's not going to run for the first time now. So he just never ends up running. But like, yeah, I don't know. We should, he should be running a little bit. Like I, it should be, it's just enough to like keep someone honest when they're like, getting him totally uncovered on a screen. I got a, when he has 10 yards of open field in front of him, he should be taken off. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I think like, what gets me is like Tom Brady runs more often than he does. Like legitimately I have seen in this year, 44 year old Tom Brady is like scrambled for a touch or for a first down and like gotten down mm-hmm. or whatever. Like if Tom Brady can do it at 44 years old, like CJ Stroud can just tuck it and get a first down. Right. Like it, it's, it's mind numbing that it has never happened. And I don't want to be that fan. That's like, ah, he needs to tuck it and run more. Like he doesn't really, but like, it'd be nice. Well, it, it, I guess the problem here is like we're at an impasse where CJ Stroud won't run and Ryan Day refuses to learn anything new about how to run an off like a rushing attack that, that doesn't involve a quarterback. So like something's got to give. If Day's going to keep recruiting guys who don't want to run and want to have pro prospects, then he needs to learn how to develop an NFL style rushing attack, which doesn't involve a quarterback run threat, which is very possible. 32 teams do it every year. <laughs> I mean, like what? 29 of them, 28 of them. Uh, you, you can do it. He just is choosing to be actively dumb and, and ignorant, uh, uh, but he could certainly learn how to do so. I, it'd be nice. That yeah. would solve the problem too. That would definitely solve the problem. We just, we just, a, a, he's a boring, uncreative guy. Well, I, I think the fascinating conversation here is that you guys can hit on a little bit is like, as you mentioned, Justin or Justin Fields, CJ Stroud does not have to run the ball because Ohio state's going to win all of these games. Like the, there is not a prospect that Ohio state is going to lose most of these games. And so he doesn't really have to, you know, like he doesn't have to tuck it and get that free 15 yards. He doesn't have to keep it on a read or anything like that. Like there's no incentive to do so in these games that don't matter. I, I am fascinated by how much football would change. Like Ohio state football would change if Ohio state simply had to play to win every week. Like what Man. do you think, like, how, how drastic do you think that would be? You know, like, and, and we're kind of trending in that direction. Is that something like you want to see? Yeah. I mean, it would be nice to have a competitive game every week. <laughs> like, I mean, what, what is this? Like the set? I mean, we haven't had a game that's been under what? 15 points with the spread. Except, like, uh, except, uh, oh, except Notre Dame. Or Notre Dame. No, I was 17 and a half. 17. Damn. I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, 
Uh, is it a zero-sum game where I have the more Ohio State climbs, like it's just going to take more and more, and teams are just going to like get worse? Like, is that what it was? Maybe Michigan State was always this bad, and like Ohio State has just kicked it into another level and just left these programs in the dust with like zero interest to compete, or like. You know, they're just satisfied. They just want 10 wins. I mean, look at Michigan State. They're throwing out $95 million bags for 10 wins. Like, 10 wins would get somebody's head on a pike in Columbus. So, yeah. like, these, game, I, are these games these games are over by halftime. They take four hours. I mean, they're over for first quarter a lot of times, like Wisconsin was. They take close to four hours, you know, and people wonder, like, oh, you know, why don't people want to go to games? It's, it's pretty easy to see, I feel like. It's why people complain about like the 12 team playoff and the two conference realignment they were headed towards. But like, tell you what, you're not going to get a bunch of you know Rutgers versus Purdue's in that scenario. You're not yeah, going to. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about like I don't care about the hundred year rivalries or whatever. I just want Ohio State to play the best teams every week. And if you're not out here cheating, if you're not out here paying bag men, like if you're not out here caring about your stars, then go play intramurals, brother. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you no, know, I want. I want like uh, like something like Europe, like a 16-team Super League with relegation, where if you have a shitty year, you're out. Go play in the MAC for a year, brother. Get your ticket sales up, and then come back and talk with the big dogs. Like it's this game, you know. I, every week it's the same thing, and then you know next week, what is it? Iowa next week. We got to sit, you know, sit here and pretend Iowa's got a fucking shot. Like if they don't go down by ten points, that game's over. Sure. <laughs> It's, you know. Yeah, it, it makes it less fun for us too, right? Like the, the real important thing, the podcasters here, like we need content, like exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a Michigan State than the bye week. Like, I, I guess I'll say, like, there's no part of the schedule we're looking at it. Like, oh man, it's gonna be a good little stretch here because you get Michigan State and you get a bye week and you get Iowa, Iowa, Iowa followed by at Penn State. That two game stretch may be kind of fun. I think yeah. Iowa's a bum ass program and Penn State's fraudulent, but they should still be undefeated by the time we play uh, them. Yeah. Or, or do they play Michigan in between us? Let me double check that. Um, uh, let's hang on. Let's look. At, oh, fuck. They play Michigan next week. They're not even going to defeat them when we play them. That's like, that's right. going to take all the fun out. Uh, well, it, as, as DJ pointed out, like it's, it's these games, we have to pretend to be interested in them. Like I do this thing every year with Penn State that like people hype it up like it's a it's a like really close game it's like ah Penn State plays Ohio State closer than any program has ever it's like they did it like yeah. once like three years ago, like like five they won, years ago, they right? won yeah. once because Urban Meyer didn't call a timeout to set up a field goal and they blocked a field goal and won in 2016 <laughs> like that that is it like yes maybe the games oh, have yeah. been closer but like that is the one win that they have in something like two decades or so, like something stupid like that and it's like really like like really this is the team that we're pretending is good and, and i'm not i'm not trying to like pre-hype or pre-talk about penn state we'll get to penn state but like that's just kind of the state of of what it is to be an ohio state fan now is you have to like hype yourself up for these games to mean something if you if you don't count the fickle year they have had uh one win since 2009 uh and two wins since 06 yeah and that 2009 uh, one was some bullshit too it was the prior fumble like yeah. it takes yeah. something like cataclysmic happening for Ohio State to lose to Penn State. Well, they were and talking like, like the home field, the home field win, the home field apparel number one spot is the biggest Penn State win over Ohio State in like the last five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Like, it's been 
And like they've had, there's been what two? There were two back-to-back close games, seventeen and eighteen. It's like we lost to them at sixteen, played them one-point games in six, seventeen and eighteen, and then since then it was an eleven-point win in nineteen, it was a thirteen-point win in twenty twenty, and it was a nine-point win last year. Like we're beating them by two scores now every time. It's going to be worse than that this year, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, but again, like, like like these are the games that we're having to be like, ah, this is it. Like this, you know, these are the all of these teams are trash except Penn State, and like Penn State's also trash. So it's just getting to the point where it's like, if we could get to a point where Penn State was an average team that Ohio State played instead of the second best team on the regular season schedule, that would be awesome. Like, give me more games against USC. Give me more games against Alabama. Give me more games against Notre Dame. Like. That just, I mean, Notre Dame's asked this year, but like the point is, like, I just want more competitive games because we should not be to the point where like Ohio State doesn't have to try to win. And that's what it is. Like, we started this with like CJ Stroud running the ball, but like that's the reality is like CJ Stroud doesn't run the ball because Ohio State doesn't have to try to win. That's that's really like that is the reason why he's not running the ball. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Michigan State, really quick here, just while we're on this topic, uh, while we're recording the podcast, I don't know if you guys are on Twitter and saw this. Uh, Draymond Green has been kicked out of the Warriors practice and is, and is maybe going to be suspended because he beat up Jordan Poole during a practice. In That's content, baby. The con, you, that, that content, the content farms are turning right now. <laughs> they sure are. Yeah. That is good uh, stuff. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Uh, Sparty sucks, right? We're kicking their ass. No, no question about it. I'm tired of, of these. They got to get better, right? Here's the thing, though. As much as we make fun of these teams, they spent money on coaching. What Big Ten teams should do is spend money the way they did. They might have got it wrong on Mel Tucker. It's possible they but, did. Yeah, you're proud but of them. But they're trying. Like, I, yeah. I, I, will, I will not knock Sparty for trying. I will not knock Wisconsin for firing Paul Chris because they expect better. Yeah. Like, I, won't, I won't knock Illinois for hiring Brett Bielema. The teams I'll make fun of are fucking Northwestern doesn't, who doesn't like make Pat Rashad hire a new OC, right? Like, Indiana's just okay with Tom Allen. They gave him a raise last year, for Christ's yeah. sakes. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, there's a bunch of bum-ass coaches this league who just get there every year and just still fucking suck it's time to get better coaches that's our problem better coaches better football teams better pizza papa john's like let's, let's make it happen here like you know what i mean like uh, yeah. fucking around uh let's get to the question box kevin yeah so we have on the uh meet at midfield forum um on the board we have a question box and if you guys would like your questions answered we're, there's no way we're going to get to all of them this week but no. what we're, what we're going to do is, so. yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, three to five. We'll, we'll see how long we take on each answer, but um, we'll, we'll get to them, um, put them in there. It's, it's going to be open. We record usually on Sunday and um, Wednesday nights. So just so you guys know, get them in there by then and we'll, we'll try to field them. Um, no, no promises that we go like chronologically here either. We'll probably jump around. I have a few that I want to tackle um, right off the bat and we'll, we'll see where we go, but um, we will tackle the first question first. Um, I want. I want to hear. I, I waited for. This was. This was here last week, but I waited for Ryan to be here to ask this one. Um, it's from Doctor Spaceman. Doctor Spaceman, a personal friend um, of mine. What are your favorite experiences working on the beat? In other words, what's the number one thing that you look back at during your time covering Ohio State and go, "Damn, that was cool." I'll let Ryan grab this one first because I think you have more experience actually like talking to players and teens and stuff than DJ does. That's not to say that DJ never did that. He absolutely did. But um, I'll let you do it and I'll let DJ ponder it a little bit. Yeah. um, I guess to me, the coolest thing, the coolest like in-person experience I had was probably like when Ohio State beat the shit out of Michigan in 2015 after losing to Michigan State. 
like uh, I, I was that was my first game at Michigan Stadium. I covered that as a reporter. They had great breakfast, by the way. That press box, real nice up at, up at Michigan Stadium. Probably just the catharsis of seeing seeing Ohio State just beat the hell out of uh, out of Michigan out of Michigan in their stadium. Uh, Zeke running wild, talking shit. That was probably the best. I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess besides that, it was just all the moments I had covering recruiting, like seeing future, like you know, NFL Hall of Famers, like as recruits, was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who. I'm trying to think of who I saw as a recruit. I saw Micah Parsons play football in high school. He's not the best player in the maybe the best player in the NFL. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to pull up uh, Ohio State players in the NFL draft really quick here and think who else I covered. Um, yeah, I mean a lot of big time players. I guess just seeing them kind of come through the recruiting process and watching them kind of grow and develop into stars at Ohio State. That whole deal was pretty sick. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hold on, let me get this. I'm trying to get this shit pulled up. Um, Oh, let's see here who I covered as a recruit. They covered Chase Young as a recruit. I saw Chase Young walking to the Woody for the first time, his first ever visit to Ohio State. I saw him talking about wearing, wearing the Spurs jersey, wasn't he? Yeah, something like that. But I remember uh, I was working with Rivals and Kevin Newt at the time. And um, Good Kevin was talking. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this one's free. We got to be careful. <laughs> but, uh, 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 Kevin, me and Kevin were talking with Larry Johnson and Larry was like, Oh, who's that back in town? And Larry's like, what do you mean? He's like, who's what NFL player is that? They're like, Oh, that's Chase Young. He's a recruit. Uh, so I want him coming town. That was fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw Denzel Ward get offered. That was cool. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, a lot of good players come through, I guess. Terry McLaurin saw him camp like 19 times getting offer. Uh, I call, I, I covered, I was the first one to get JK Dobbins commitment for quotes. That was kind of cool when he committed uh-huh. to Ohio state, got him first. This is, I guess a lot of recruiting shit for me. Um, I think for I don't know. me, for me, and not to cut you off if you, if you want, if you no, no, I got, I, I, I'm just sputtering. I, I think for me, it was less like there, it's less that there's like one moment. I'm sure if I thought hard enough, I could think of one moment, but for me, it's like just the macro level of like, I kind of like did that. And I was around those players. Like I remember um, when, when you're on, when you're, when you're covering the team, you end up taking like a lot of videos on your phone. Like that's just kind of part of the part of the gig. Like um, you have a video in a teen's face as you're asking them about the, the game. And I remember one of my, I was looking for a video with one of my friends um, who's not an Ohio state fan. He's just like, you know, the NFL and stuff like that. And I was scrolling through my, my gallery, like on my phone and he goes, wait, is that Joe Burrow? And it was just like a video of like me talking to Joe Burrow and like an interview or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, he, my, he was at Ohio State, and I talked to him a lot because he was the backup quarterback, and I was never, like, the the uh, primary beat writer or anything like that. So, yeah, I talked to Joe, like, every time he was out there. And he's like, dude, that is so cool. Like, you just, like, had, like, conversations with this guy who, like, went to the Super Bowl. And I was like, yeah, that, that is kind of cool. And I was, like, scrolling through. I was like, look, there's Ezekiel Elliott. There's Chase Young. There's Nick Bosa. Like, things like that. And it's like just that I had those conversations and was there for, like, all of those players. Yeah. Kind of the same as you. Like, and it doesn't really hit you. Like, it's a job when you're there. Like, I was not thinking the entire time I was there. Like, ah, oh, this is sweet that I'm talking to Joe Burrow. Like, but, like, when you look back at it, you're like, yeah, this guy is, like, lighting the NFL on fire right now. And, like, yeah, I had a conversation with him. I was one of like four people that was talking to Joe Burrow at this time. Yeah. I guess by the way, really quick, thank you for saying Joe Burrow. That's a good memory for, uh, for me that I, I covered his high school state title game. Uh, I talked yeah. to him afterwards after he lost. That's, That's a nuts game. Yeah. It was like 42, 39 finals, something like that. 49, 44. Maybe. I don't know. One score game final in the forties. 
and he like threw six touchdowns and lost and was like crying after the game and like and played cornerback. Yeah, played, I think of safety, but yeah, right. Safety, yeah. yeah, yeah. Defensive uh, back. Yeah, nuts, man. Um, man, but yeah, hundred percent what you're saying too. Just like talking to those guys and later on going to become great NFL players that define the university's football team that we all spend so much fucking time thinking about, and you get to know them. Like, I drank with Pat Elfline in the outer end when I was covering them too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like stuff like that. It's, especially as a student, really weird combination of that. Yeah. Kind of push and pull. DJ, yeah. what you got? Doing ecstasy with Joey Bosa. No, honestly, probably covering the 2014 team and hyping Cardale and just going into that. They were underdogs going into that game and just being like, no, fuck that. We're smashing them. Going to that game and uh, running out of touchdown celebrations by like the third quarter, man. And Alabama, and then crowning on top, and just hyping Cardale. I just loved the story of Cardale at the time. Um, truly regret him not going pro like he did. Um, but another thing, like uh, he does too. Yeah, I used to uh, cover. I started covering Luke Fickle pressers for 11 warriors back in the day. If that tells you how far the site has come. And I was sitting there one time and I'll never forget. It was like 2011 when I was during that season and I had a ring back tone <laughs> or a ringtone on my fucking phone. And it was like Eminem in the game. Like we ain't like, we ain't going nowhere. Cause fuck you. And I had these jeans. I had these jeans on and it just kicks on right in the middle of the concert bro and i can't get it because my jeans are too like tight and i can't like get into my oh pocket my God. Front, turn it off and i'm just sitting there about to like well i'm just gonna go outside and light myself on fire in the parking lot <laughs> <laughs> at least it was fickle and not urban. right and they're like who the fuck is this guy and i remember covering urban's uh i remember covering urban's introductory Presser again by myself, which tells you how far 11 Warriors has come. <laughs> like, and I remember being in the Foster Center and then like looking down the hallway, and he was like standing there and he had the hands on the hips and just being like, Holy shit, like it's actually, it's actually happening. Like, he's actually, you know, going to be our head coach. And it's crazy what that moment turned into, you know, 10 years down the road. But uh, yeah, it was a good time, fun time for sure. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember whenever the first time you and I met at Ohio State press conference, DJ? Oh God, no. Uh, you you came up to me because I was just chilling there, and you were like, "You're Ryan Donnelly, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's come DJ Burns." And I was like, "What's up, man? Good to meet you." And that was kind of all we said during the press conference itself. And afterwards, we walk out. And you were like, hey, man, I'm going to go hit this weed pad in the parking lot. You want some? <laughs> Second perfect. thing he said to me. And I was like, oh, man, I would if I didn't have to write. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of questions about, like, the beat in general. And it, people seem astoundingly, like, curious about just, like, what goes on behind the scenes of the beats. We'll probably get to some of those. We'll, we'll probably save a lot of those for the premium podcast just because. Yeah, that'll uh, be a premium postseason podcast. No, my anchorman, my anchorman style mockumentary yeah. i'm gonna release That's honestly that would be really on. fun just to do our i don't even know if i call it a tell-all because like i think most of these guys are just pretty normal ass people but yeah, yeah. there's, there's funny stories though oh yeah oh yeah oh 100%. i have a few tim may stories there's a few and we'll, we'll get those I'm, in on the on the premium pod yeah. i'm not gonna that'll be a premium podcast after the season that'll be yeah. that'll be you guys incentive to stay around after the season ends yeah 
So we'll, we'll, we've, we've got some stuff to tell. These guys are, a lot of these guys are characters and a lot of them are exactly what you think they are based on what you, you see online. So uh, it, it, as is DJ, I, my, my, this is a, an aside, but my, my first um, time meeting DJ, actually this was my second time, but I remember um, people were at the, this 11 Warriors tailgate and we were talking about DJ and this guy, I think it was multiple people actually were like, wait, DJ is a real person. And we're like, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> dude, like we were all convinced that DJ was like a persona that you guys created, like a character that you guys created that you guys wrote under. And, kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. Yeah. So I, I, I think I think my response was like, buddy, like you think I could have invented DJ? And he's like, all right, yeah, fair. So <laughs> Yeah, a lot of childhood trauma and alcoholism. <laughs> well, we got rid of one of them, but and more, more importantly, too, though, I think I think uh, video game message boards, video yeah. game, yes, yes, yeah, YouTube comment sections, yeah, which is that was that was my DJ's common experience growing up. As we both realized, we was one time at some point in our friendship, we talked about our childhoods and realized we'd started around the same age, posting on message boards with the grown men arguing about <laughs> video games, and I'm like that's where it all started. Yeah. <laughs> In the weeds. Uh, All right. Well, we, man, we can what, grab another question else? here. Yeah, we got uh, we got one from uh, Thank You Based Garrett, uh, TYB Garrett, uh, who says, uh, "Who was the player during your respective times and covered the team slash recruiting that you were one hundred percent sure was going to be a stud but just never panned out?" Demario McCall, man, Noah Brown too. But Noah Brown did have that four touchdown game. That was wild. Yeah. I feel like that wasn't. And, his he, fault. and he's still in the league. Yeah. So I'm talking about. In fact, he was like the leading receiver the first like three weeks for the Cowboys. Cowboys, yeah. Yeah. I think he still is. I'm chalking that up to a Zach Smith special. Uh, I'll say. I would say Justin Hilliard, who uh, ended up having that last good season, but he was. uh, I covered his recruitment live uh, a lot, and I got pretty tight with him as a recruiter. Who did he commit with? Uh, G. Sean Cornell. Yeah, that's, a, that's fact, another good one. But ten Man, star Wednesday and it melted eleven warriors. <laughs> you want to hear a, a, a weird, a weird story for me is that after covering Justin's commitment in person, I went. I, it was like a summer. It was sometime in the summer, maybe June or July, uh, and I went back to Ohio State because it was like the summer before my senior year, I want to say, and uh, maybe I, I don't know something like that. Something before my junior sophomore year, who knows? Uh, I went back to Ohio State campus to go party and trick with my friends. And uh, Justin Hilliard and Jay Sean Cornell, who were 17, walked into Midway while I was drinking with my friends that night. And Justin recognized me from the press conference, <laughs> <laughs> which was a weird experience for your boy. Uh, and I was already hammered. We- weird overall. They-, they ended up coming to a house party I was at, too. We we a whole, whole weird thing going on. I won't delve further to that one on the, on the free podcast. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's always weird when, like, you you have those interactions that, like, you see somebody that you cover in real life. Yeah. That, and they know who you are. You know who they you know are. Who they are. Yeah. I even, but, I even but more than anything, like they know who you are too. Like they yeah. act like they don't know you whenever you're covering them, but they see you out in real life. And they hundred percent recognize you. Oh yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're so insecure. They're the biggest, they get, they search their own names before their pads are even off in the locker room. hundred yeah. percent. I think mine was even weirder because I spent a lot of time covering the Ohio state women's basketball team. And like I was one of like three reporters there, and so they like knew me, knew me. And so when yeah. I ran up into them on campus, like that was even weirder because it's not even like I'm the kid that held a microphone in their face. It's like I was like one of the three guys that like 
talked to them every time there was a press conference at every game and stuff like that. So that was really weird. Um, probably even weirder than any of the football players, but that was, that was odd. Um, yeah. So I, I think for me, the, the guy to get back to the question, the guy that I was sure was going to be awesome. That just like never was quite that, uh, Dontre Wilson. I'm surprised oh, yeah. neither, neither yeah. of you guys mentioned that. And we always he, have the fight. We'll always have the fight. We'll always have the fight. And he was, he was pretty good as a true freshman. Like he, he was pretty yeah. good as a true freshman. It's just like, I thought like this was a big coup. They're stealing him from Oregon. Like this was like a big, like big moment for Ohio state. He Percy like, Harvin oh, position, Percy Harvin right. position. Exactly. Exactly. And then he was like, um, you know, just played second fiddle to Jalen Marshall his entire career. And to be fair, like Jalen Marshall was actually a higher rated player at his position. So like, I, I don't want to like re retell history here, like reinvent history. Like Jalen Marshall was a, a highly rated player in his own right. And so it doesn't, it, you know, isn't really shocking that that happened, but I just remember Dontre Wilson was like the hyped up, like, they stole this guy. They went, they went into Oregon and like took this guy from, from Oregon, this guy from Texas, from DeSoto and stuff like that. And he just never was what everybody thought that he was going to be. You know, I, I thought that he was like a, for sure, um, you know, going to the league sort of guy. So. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, I was so pumped when he committed him and you know, the, the famous one here, I'm going to cheat and use one more Mike Mitchell. Uh, abusement park. park. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I remember being dead convinced that guy was a true fucking freak. Was gonna be like the best player in the country. Uh, I was like, dude, but look at his spark score, dude. Look at how high his spark score is. There's no way he's gonna fail. Uh, I think he committed or signed during my freshman year to Ohio State too. So that was like the peak of my like kind of blind fandom of recruiting. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really know yeah. anything about it yet. God, the Mitchell family, Jesus, man, that class was uh cause he was also, he's a linebacker. Uh, who else in that class? Cam Burroughs, top 100 fight, ever did shit. Um, there was another, oh, Trey Johnson. was also a guy who got medically disqualified. It was a, a, a like a top 100 player at linebacker in that class too. Yeah. What a great... I, I have a, uh, Trey Johnson is uh, a guy that I, talked to a lot i had a class with him and he was a certainly a character uh, yeah, those, oh, yeah those were uh I, I had class with him for like two weeks if that tells you anything but ah. um but uh the um yes, what... <laughs> what were you gonna say no 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 go ahead i i just i it was it was theater and he he did not he did not last very long in my theater class so uh that, that was just, that was a very bizarre time because that was like a whole string of like guys that I thought sure were going to be really good. Another yeah. one was uh, Cam Burroughs. I thought sure. Yeah, he was yeah, Cam really Burroughs. No, I agreed. I thought he was going to be good too. Uh, I thought Jalen Gill was going to be a stud. That never materialized. Yeah, he's a great kid though. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a, that was another one. Austin Mack was up there too. Yeah, that's just classic Zach Smith issue. Right. Yeah, I feel like using a receiver to answer this question. A receiver from like. You know, 20, before 2018, it's just like cheating. Yeah, who was it? Michael Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael Thomas, even like yeah, Michael Thomas is. sucked at Ohio State. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to get one more question here from our boy Luke, media midfield? Sure. By the way, this is, uh, this is Luke Ward. If you are a single woman, DM the podcast. We'll get you hooked up with Luke Ward if you're in the greater Ohio area. Uh, thank uh, God my girlfriend doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> she loves Luke. Oh, she does. Luke Ward, Luke Ward. I hear it all the time. <laughs> we'll get him. We'll find him a nice young lawyer for him. Uh, <laughs> she'll get him hooked up with a 3L somewhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> All right, so Luke has a fucking essay for us here. He says, it seems like the two most common complaints this year have been one, corner play, mostly just Denzel Burke, and two, the fucking availability report. The availability report ultimately has no impact on the game. It's just very annoying for fans, media, and gamblers. But the fact that this seems to be a top complaint this year seems positive, in my opinion. If the defense were still a disaster and the O-line was still soft, that report would just be an annoying footnote. My point is that we as Ohio State fans are always on the lookout for something to be pissed off about. And the fact that this report is causing so much irritation tells me we have a damn good team even by our own standards. We're not even halfway into the season, but how good can this team be in your own memories ranking of Ohio State teams? Um, he goes into some of his thoughts on the best teams, but it's our podcast, not his. So we'll, we'll skip that part. Uh, <laughs> uh, to you guys, I guess, and your memory, your living memory, what are the best seasons in Ohio State's history? that you recall personally and where, how good does this team stack up to those? Hmm. DJ, you want to lead us off? I mean, you can't really say, you can't really compare how those stack up. I mean, until we won't know that until, but at this playoffs. point, what, but what at, at this point, I mean, it's hard to hate on this point, right? Like, I mean, if this is, I mean, Luke's right. Like if we're sitting here complaining, like bitching about the availability report every week, I mean, we're in a pretty good place. But the only thing I just who have we beaten? Yeah, right. So like that, Nobody. like I this could this team could this team be an? I mean, could, if you came up and told me like this is going to be the all time greatest team, I could believe that. If you came up and told me like you know we're going to go undefeated and then we're going to get smacked <laughs> by Alabama in the championship, I could believe that too. And like I mean, both games end in the championship, but I mean it it feels like a totally world apart because I mean, we're not a program. We're not like a Michigan that say, Oh, you know, we, we made the championship. Like that's a hell of a season. Like, so I do we, the standard like, is the standard, right? right? The standard and I, the, the first standard. couple of weeks I thought, you know, I thought, man, Alabama is going to walk to the title, but they look beatable. Georgia has certainly looked beatable. Uh, Vegas says we'd be favored. I mean, that's, you know, that's not just a straight up thing. Uh, they're trying to get the wagers, but I mean, I, f- I feel good about this team, better than better than I did last year. But, you know, I, I really am convinced that the special team play is going to fuck us at the absolute worst time. I think for me, I think the best team that I have seen is that 2019 team. And that I was sucks. the same thing. Yep. And that sucks because they lost in the semifinal to Clemson. And and I, I don't complain about, about referees. That's not my thing. I, I am never you will never see a take after a game about me complaining that the refs fucked us. Like that's just not me. Except I feel this like game. Except <laughs> this game. I have never been more irate at officiating in a game. Like that is my like ultimate except. Like I, I have never yeah. complained about yeah. officiating. That Tennessee radio day, That Tennessee day, radio I don't host. get the Sean Wade one. I still can't understand it. Yeah. So that one, it, it still haunts me. Um, there's just a couple things from that, that, that haunt me, but like my thing, it's really hard to compare teams, especially when you're comparing um, like across different seasons and stuff like that, because like, to me, you have to find some way. And I don't know if you even really can, you have to find some way to like normalize per your opponent, because I think that 2019 team in like 90% of seasons, like college football seasons, period, maybe like 98% of college football seasons, period, they cakewalk for a national title. I like, I sincerely believe that. I think if that team played in 2020, they handily beat Alabama for a national title. The same as 2021. Like, 
I, I, I think, think you can go further than that. Any, any team pre like 2016, that team's beaten every single national champion pre 2016 ever. Yeah. Like talent's I, just better now. Talent's more concentrated. Exactly. And I think that like, I think that that team still was better than Clemson. Like I do regardless of yeah, that game ended up turning out. Um, I don't know for sure if it was better than LSU's team, but I would have loved to see it just because of how good those corners were and how good, you know, LSU's passing game was like, I would have loved to see that if that like equalizes, I think Ohio state's offense was better than Clemson's or than LSU's defense was. So I would have just loved to see that game, you know, like it would have been like a, a, a fucking 100 combined point national title game, which would have been awesome. Yeah. It would have been really fun. And I wish that we could have seen it. I would have um, died in New Orleans one way or another. Yeah, no, yeah. We, we have we have that to thank for DJ's existence today because he would not have made it. But um, but I I think that that is my best team in Ohio State history, and I do think like I, I mentioned it even in this podcast. Like I think that we're getting to the point where we can use this team in the same sentence as that team, um, especially when you look at like what this team has done without. Jackson Smith and Jigba and kind of with Travion Henderson just sidelined too. Like those are two of the guys that we thought were like some of the best players in the country entering the season. And, you know, they're just on the sidelines chilling and this is still a completely gas team. So uh, I, I think that it's at least a conversation, but I'm not ready to like say that this team's better than the 2019 team um, quite yet. But I, that's, that's the conversation that I have in it. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait, man. I don't know. I can't wait for the end of the season just to get here and see what we've got actually got, uh, you know, kind of got in the pocket. But but I am really uh, looking forward to um, just seeing what we have. But I don't know. In terms of, like, greatest teams we've seen, like you said, 2019's up there for me. Um, 2006, I, I know how that, that season ended. But, man, there's still a part of me that thinks if, if uh, uh, Teddy Ginn doesn't break his ankle on that, on that celebration that we could beat Florida. It still is in my heart. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's probably not right, but... No way. No yeah. way. I mean, but that team was that whole season, just 2006, one versus two game was so the Troy Smith, uh, everything he was doing, which was so fucking magical up until that point that that team was, you know, kind of lives on. Oh yeah. Um, that was, that was honestly the probably the worst loss of my sporting career for me, man, that's a tough question to answer. We'll get into that. That's another episode one day. Um, I would also say the 2014 team, obviously we didn't know it was coming until that final three game run. So I actually even couldn't even put in this conversation. 2015 was not a fun team to watch. It was miserable the entire season. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's like this team against 06 and 19 for now at this point of the year. Uh, and then we'll kind of see where we're at when it comes down to uh, when it comes I mean, compared against 2014 and ultimately too. I guess that's kind of the answer for me. Um, any other team of conversation for you guys besides 06, 19, and, and 14 and this this year? Uh, no, I, I mean, people would get mad at us for not saying 2002, but I'd still I, don't, really, I don't remember that team. Yeah, or, yeah in, in my memory, at least, too. The, the, old, the old guys, if, if this was an 11 Warriors podcast, they'd be yelling at us for not remembering the 90s teams. Or, but, yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, was, I was three when Eddie George was doing his thing. So I, you're right. I don't remember Sumi. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think that, um, in my memory, I'll say this, if, if I was a fan back in that day too, we wouldn't have lost to Michigan that many times in a row. If they had me barking up John Cooper's tree every day. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't have yeah, gone they, down like that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if social media was the thing, John, Cooper John would not have Coo- lasted he, as long as he did. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Me and DJ, if we were running the 90s and Kevin as well, would have been forming independent militias to go like take care of John Cooper's issues there. He would have been running the town pretty fast. Yeah, I'm amazed. I think they were soft in the 90s. It, to just allow him to do that year after year after year, like come oh, on. those fans should 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 or should be disgraced. I mean, yeah, that's on you. I like, also, just... I would have loved to see the social media reaction when they hired Trestle too. Oh yeah, people, people, the meltdown would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all in all, that would have been awesome. So, yeah, I, I think that that's another episode is like moments that we wish moments in Ohio State history that we wish Twitter was around for because I, I think there's probably several. Oh, yeah, it has to be. Um, so. All right, boys. Well, that's our three questions for this week. We'll get into some more next week. As always, drop more in the question box on meetupmidfield.com. Fucking subscribe to meetupmidfield.com, you freeloading bastards. Uh, everything's free this week to read, but if you want to get the uh, free to listen to, but if you want to get the forums uh, and you want to get everything else premium uh, next week and beyond, you better you better get your ass uh, subscribed to Meetup Midfield, and you better buy a home field T-shirt. You better shoot a bootlegger, too. Uh, DJ, you want to sign us out? Go Bucks! Michigan sucks, and help is on the way. The headline was like Padres fan runs wild during brawl. <laughs> and it was this, Padres, this Padres fan decked this dude, threw him over the chair, and then like, <laughs> three other people rushed him. It was like some fucking John Wick shit. They just all rushed him in a straight line, and he just did the same thing to him just like two other times. <laughs> All right, man. I love fan fights. Oh yeah, if I see the, one of those, I'm definitely running. I'm running that for sure. You got, you got to. Well, you, uh, if you see one in person, you can. We're checking my mic here too. If you see one in person, you immediately pull out your phone too. Like that's just oh, how yeah. it is. So, dude, that so. the video they got of that Sigma Cot, the frat fight at Ole Miss, that's perfect content. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what everything everyone wants to see. You want to see drunk idiot frat boys and blazers getting their ass. Beat. Oh, it, it could it could not be better. Just in if the I'm in a student section, I see that going down. I'm like I'm grinning ear to ear. That's like I've made it. <laughs> <laughs>